They do an awesome job, don't they? They really do. I tell you, we're blessed to have such talented people in our church. We really are. I tell you what, they are. They are awesome. Do I need to separate you and Kim? I will. I'll put you in the corner, put Kim in the back. Don't think I won't. <laughs> you turn your Bible to Psalm 9710. Psalm 9710. nervous I get every time I have to get them up and speak, every single time, I tell you. I appreciate that. I shouldn't be, but Dad told me, he said, don't get any better. I said, thanks. So, always full of encouragement. <laughs> Just like, like talking about getting older, he said, enjoy today. It's the best it's going to be. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate you. Yeah, good man. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, Kim. It just gets worse. Appreciate you people, I tell you. <laughs> Psalm 9710. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you and love you and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for being able to be in this sanctuary. Thank you for each and every person here this church family, Lord. I look so forward to seeing uh, each and every Sunday. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray that you will lead us, guide us, direct us in your word, reveal to us the things that we need to see and understand, help us to apply it to our daily lives. Lord, let us be edified and equipped, but most importantly, let us glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, um, I will... It's kind of embarrassing, I will say, but uh, I have a bad temper. It's something I have to work on every single day of my life, every day. I don't have to ask my wife if I'm an angry person. I know I am. And right now, I am so angry and so upset. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to just uh, civil war, whatever. I'm, I'm ticked. I'm mad about what's going on, how this presidency was stolen. I'm sick of how on Facebook you can't say nothing without being censored. I am, I am just beyond livid, mad, and angry. And in fact, Dad was trying to calm me down the other day because I just, uh, I'm just, I'm sick of it. And every time I see Pelosi or Schumer or one of them nut jobs on there, I'm screaming at the television. I'll be honest with you, I'm sick of it. Brandy said, "Turn it off. Turn off the news." I said, "You sound like Richard Haynes. That's what he told me to do." He said, "Turn it off." <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> and I tell you, I'm, I'm so sick of the state of the affairs, uh, what's going on right now, how they want to round up Trump supporters or put them in re-education camps. And I just, I'm just, I'm done, all right? And all on top of that, I'm sick and tired of every conspiratorial nut job out there saying that well, this is, we're going to be in, uh, and we may be, I, you know, we may go into martial law, we may go into uh, have a blackout. We, uh, we, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. All right, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm just, but it's just everybody out there as knows a government official that knows a government official that knows a government official. The truth be told, it's probably their mailman. You know, I know a government official told me it's going to go dark on 12 o'clock on Monday night, and we're all being rounded up. You know, 
It's our mailman, you know. Hey, that's what I heard in the mailroom today. You know, it just, uh, I, I, I'm upset when I'm driving. I just want to pinch the heads off of every turkey that pulls out in front of me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just done, all right. I am just absolutely just, I'm, I'm upset. And, you know, and it doesn't help that I, that's the very topic I was going to talk on this morning is about anger. And it seemed like the devil realized that and wanted to push my buttons even more this week. And, uh, you know, and it made me think of uh, when I, years ago, my first job was Chess King at the mall. That's where it was my first job. And uh, I'll never forget, when it went long when I first started working there, uh, this woman said I needed an attitude adjustment. I said, Mom, go home. No, uh, <laughs> no, tease. no, I'll never forget. She was, this woman come in there. She's giving me down the road over something. I can't remember what it was. And she wanted a refund and she wanted this, wanted that. And I guess she could tell I was getting aggravated. And she said, Where's your manager? You need an attitude adjustment. And I thought, Maybe what you need. But, uh, you know, and it just, uh, and I have had problems with my temper most of my life. I'll be honest with you. I just, you know, there's a lot of my life I just walked around angry and didn't know why. And, of course, I, over time, I, you know, I think it's just a lot of it was just pent up uh, when I was, I remember as far back as kindergarten, I remember my kindergarten teacher making fun of me in front of the whole class and uh, everybody laughing at me. I remember people uh, making fun of me uh, because of my Japanese heritage, calling me racial slurs, and, and I've always been a portly child, and so I got made fun of because of my weight and, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, bullied a lot uh, for, uh, uh, when I was in Christian school. And uh, so I think a lot of that was just pent-up anger, and I took it out in a lot of different ways uh, that I shouldn't have had. But uh, uh, and I think a lot of people right now are very angry and upset. I think most of you all, probably every one of you, probably lost your temper at least once this week. And uh, even Jerry, I'm sure he's lost his temper even once. But uh, no, not even once. But, uh, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but it... Uh, you know, they say uh, your, your anger is probably worse than smoking when it, causes, it deals with your heart condition, blood pressure, uh, anxiety, called stroke, that uh, having a, an anger issue can be uh, even worse. But here's the funny thing, though. Every single one of us can control it. You say, well, I can't control my temper. I can't. I'm telling you, every one of you all can cut it off that quick. And you say, well, that's not true. How about this? I say, for example... I don't know, say Mike and Kim's in a major fight, okay? They're into it big time. And he's telling her that she, well, let's put it this way. Like when me and Brandy get into it, if I really want to make her mad, I tell her she acts like her mother. <laughs> My mother-in-law sitting over here, that's why I can say it, aggravator. Say they're into it big time, all right? And he said, I'll tell you what you can do. She said, I'll tell you what you can do. And I call to check on them. And it's the pastor. Well, let me tell you. Oh, hi, Matt. How are you? Oh, we're doing fine. Oh, we couldn't be better. You know, they turned they turn it off that quick. Y'all know, as a pastor, y'all turn off that quick. Oh, you hypocrite. Yeah. And as soon as they hang up, what was that idiot wanting? I probably money. I'd been there in a few with Sundays. He probably wanted money. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but... Uh, you know, that tells you, you you can control your temper if you cut it off that quick. Or if you're at a job and you got a boss that's really making you mad, and you know if you say anything, you're going to lose your job. You know, so that proves that you can cut it off and turn it on quickly, and you can control it. So you can't say in here that nobody in here can't control your temper. Every one of us can control our temper. 
But here's the thing, you know, biblically speaking, uh, we've got to uh, watch our attitudes. We have to watch our tempers, as hard and as difficult as it is. You know, we as Americans have certain inalienable rights, uh, of, uh, free speech, free religion, uh, you know, uh, truth, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We have those, but that's not guaranteed to us through God's word. We have rights that God gives us, and that can be taken away from us. That joy, our, our uh, relationship with Jesus Christ, that can't be touched. We may lose our lives. We may lose certain freedoms, as precious as they are. But the, the thing that is, we they cannot take away our rights that God has given us. So that's a good thing. So praise God for that. But when you look here in God's Word, you know, particularly uh, if you look over here and say First uh, Corinthians two, fourteen through sixteen. Let's go over here just real quick. First Corinthians two, fourteen through sixteen. I thought I had that. Uh, there we go. First Corinthians. 2, 14, and 16. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So remember, we have the mind of Christ. And we know that as much as Jesus Christ was persecuted, as much as, as uh, he was attacked, he never retaliated. You know, as one thing, if you're looking through God's word, you know, it's constantly telling us to watch our anger, to watch our tempers, to control our tongues. It is not easy. Now, I, I, I regret, you know, it's one thing that I have to really fight with. I have a, 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 a snap real easy. I get over it as quickly as I get angry. Uh, I, although there are others in my household who do not, even though I think it's over, I don't know about some of you guys, but I can apologize and I say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have acted that way, I shouldn't have said that. And she, or she'll come up and say, hey, I'm sorry, let's let it go. I'm like, cool, that's how she draws me in. And then when I say, and then I was like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I think it's over. And then five minutes later, well, you know, you shouldn't have said this and you shouldn't have said this and you shouldn't have done that. I thought, wait a minute, I thought this was over. And, but yet, she's still talking about it. So I'm confused on how it's over, and she's sorry, and I'm sorry, but yet she's still angry and still coming at me. Explain that to me, Joey. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. I won't repeat that out loud, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> but, you know, it is, uh, uh, you know, we have got to strive to have that mind of Christ. We have got to strive to be closer to the Lord and do what is right, even though our natural inclination is to get mad and get angry. Now, we are to hate. You know, you may think, well, wait a minute, we're not supposed to hate anything. That's what my mother-in-law always loves to say when I say, I hate this person. Now, we're not supposed to hate anybody. So I'll say, Pastor Boyd, I'm sorry. I apologize. But uh, now we are to hate. We are to abhor what is evil? All right, so if we look over here in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9, uh, you can turn there if you want to. I don't feel like you have to, but if you want to. It says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Okay, so 
let your love be without dissimulation abhor that so those things that are wrong those things that are contrary to the word of God we are to hate when you see that word abhor that is to loathe that is to, 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 to have great disdain for that so we are to hate those things that are not of God now what contributes as evil and good just because you don't like something doesn't make it evil just because or dislike something rather it doesn't make it evil just because you like something doesn't make it good that's not what defines good and evil all right it's not subjective it's objective then because uh, without god then it would be like survival of the fittest it is whatever goes but with god we understand those things that are good and those things that are are bad and that's why we judge and discern all things by what god's word says and you said oh no he used the word judge you're not supposed to judge anything well, that's how we judge. If you don't judge, you don't know between good and bad, okay? So we have to judge all things by the Word of God. So we see here, to let your love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. We see on down in verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing constant, uh, continuing instant in prayer. So we need to be in prayer about these things. We need to present these things before God. We need to give it to God. You know, like I said, you know, I understand when people are slandering God, when people are slandering the church, when people are slandering uh, our president, when people are, you know, I understand, trust me, I get just as much as angry as anybody else. But we have to understand that we, those of us who are Christians, are lights in the world of darkness. People are watching us. And there's some people that are just trolls. They, they want to make you mad. It's like Dad had wrote, uh, wrote another uh, uh, little article uh, he had me put on Facebook. And it, we, apparently there's one troll on there that just wants to run his mouth and cause trouble. And uh, somebody messaged me and said, are you going to say anything? I said, no, because I'm not going to give him a platform. I'm not going to give in because that's what he wants. You know, that's what um, was it, Proverbs 14, 6 says, answer not a fool according to his father, you be like him yourself. So, you know, there's no point in, in responding uh, to stupid, you know, so I'm not going to. And, uh, you know, apparently this guy's got too much time on his hands. And uh, if he keeps on, here's the great thing about, like about social media, I can delete him and I can ban him. So I won't let him, I love what Mike, Mike had a good response to this guy that was uh, running his, matter of fact, I read it to Dad, he said, tell you, you liked that, uh, what you had to say there. But uh, I'm going to let it continue, but if he starts getting too out of hand, that's when, uh, I love the, the, the delete button. In fact, I even had one guy who uh, was bad about doing stuff like that, and he even wrote one time something nasty, and he even said, well, this will be deleted. And I said, you're exactly right. Click. So that's one great thing about those kind of things, all right? So, uh, you know, we have, to, uh, we have to deal with our anger, and uh, we have to learn how to control it. Now, I, went, uh, I know I'm going through a lot of Scripture here this morning, but I do feel like it is uh, needed and relevant this morning. Um, and if you look at Colossians 3, verse 8, it said, But now ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. And he said, put off all these things. All right? Put them away. I sent Dad a uh, video earlier this week, and you can look it up. It's, it's Bob Newhart, and he's talking to this woman. Uh, he's like a psychologist. And um, uh, she, he comes out, and she says, um, he said, how, she said, how much is, uh, is this counseling session? And I told Dad we need to start this kind of counseling. He, he said, $5. I said, $5? I said, why is that? He said, what's well, a dollar a minute, and all I need is five minutes. I said, you only need five minutes. She goes, yep. He, she said, well, okay. So she sits down, and uh, she says, 
I have this fear of being buried alive. He said, stop it. She said, what? She said, but you don't understand. He said, stop it. She said, okay. Uh, but you understand when I was a kid, stop it. Everything she tried to talk, she tried to talk. He said, stop it. Stop it. You know, he did you know, it, 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 whatever she tried to say, he just said, stop it. That's kind of what we're seeing here. Put away, all right, all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Stop it. You know, you know, it's easy to want to say, well, this circumstance, it's like I was talking about, uh, you know, when I was a kid, these things happened, and, and uh, that might have been what fuels, uh, fueled my anger for a long time. But that's more or less what we're seeing here. Stop it. Just stop it. You know, it's kind of, it one thing I was kind of talking about last week a little bit, that worrying and getting upset will not add an hour or a second to your day. It, getting angry is not going to change anything but make you miserable. And so that was what's so difficult this whole week. I know that I'm going to be preaching about this. I know I'm studying God's Word and how to deal with anger. And guess what? This every single day this week, there was something that was ticking me off. I'll be honest with you. Every day, you know. It just, it, I don't care if it's on Facebook, television, driving. Uh, I, uh, it just, it, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, here I'm going to be standing up here in front of these people, telling them how to control their anger, and I'm sitting here losing mine every day this week. You know, it just, it's just like, ugh, you know, but I know what it is. It's the devil. He knew what I was going to be preaching this morning, and he didn't, he wants to discourage it at all costs. You know, and it's just, um, uh, I praise God. For his calling, and I praise God that um, uh, He's called me to uh, to be a pastor and to encourage and hopefully to uh, help to equip you uh, with your anger in your temper. We can justify and we can um, uh, try to uh, to explain away our anger in our sin. See, there's a difference between righteous indignation and sinful anger. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, we have sinful anger because it's pride-filled, it's self-centered. That's why it is sinful. When Jesus Christ, when he showed anger, particularly when he was in the temple, and he's throwing out the money changers, it was righteous indignation because he was doing it because what they were doing was, was uh, contrary to the things of the Bible, contrary to the things of God. What he was doing was doing it out of, out of purity. We don't do that. We're angry because of, of, of selfishness and because that we are pride-filled individuals. That's why we have to guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's why we have to spend that time in prayer. We have to memorize Scripture. And, you know, that one, one scenario this guy said, and I started laughing when I, and when I was studying this, he said, and when you get into a fight with your spouse, stop immediately and say, let's pray about this. Now, I didn't, you know, not I was laughing at praying, but I just can't imagine stopping in the middle of a fight with my beautiful and wonderful sweet wife who is undeserving of my wrath to say let's stop and let us pray about this immediately and and let's not let's watch where our anger is going because it, it just you know i know me and that's the last thing that should be the first thing i'm thinking of but unfortunately it's the last thing i'm thinking of is to sit there and say let's pray and let's do this the right way because my mind's going a million miles a minute and her her vocabulary is going as fast <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh -huh. dread lightly. I know I'm a dead man when I get home, but it just. Uh, <laughs> so, but we love each other. But sometimes we just. Uh, uh, any of y'all have are in any relationship? You know what I'm talking about. There's just times we get on each other's nerves. It just happens. All right. I mean, just 
Kim, you lie. <laughs> oh, he said when they got you down, don't try to get back up. It's kind, it's kind, of, kind of like when a bear comes out, just play dead, right? <laughs> and hope they'll go on. There's a lot of times I think like I'm taking a nap when she comes in. <laughs> oh, he must be asleep. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, uh, you know, but we need to guard our hearts and minds. We need to we need to memorize scripture. When we start feeling that anger coming on, that's when we start quoting that scripture and and to to put ourselves uh, in in where God wants us to be. All right, we. It is, uh, you know, we get frustrated with life and, uh, you know, with health issues, whether it's political or whether it's personal or whether it's emotional or whatever it is. We, we it, you know, anger's going, everybody gets angry, all right? Everybody does. Everybody just handles it differently, you know? There are some ways, sometimes you see some people, you think, man, it must nothing bother them, but it's going to come out in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I understand you right now. It's always going to come out some way. But there are godly ways to handle that anger. And like I said, it's easy to uh, want to fight, to fight back, particularly uh, in the, uh, uh, the mood uh, that we're in right now. In fact, to not study in First Peter, I encourage you uh, to watch online this evening because we're going to be talking about citizenship. And it really falls right hand in hand uh, with a little bit with today's message, but particularly uh, in, this, in how we're dealing with things politically and how we are to... Uh, to relate to the government, and I really think it's going to be an important teaching this evening, so I do encourage you all to tune in tonight at 6 o'clock on the website uh, or on Facebook uh, to watch that, because I really think it's going to, might help, because, um, you know, like I said, everybody's um, up in arms, and everybody's upset, but the thing is, we have to remember that God is sovereign, and that God is in control, all right? He, God is in control, either you believe that or you don't. You getting mad and you getting upset, and you showing anxiety, and you showing fear is not changing anything. If they declared martial law right this second, and were surrounded by military, God's in control. If they shut out the power, God's in control. We'll go outside and learn. We'll flip on our cell phones and have light that way. I don't know. We'll figure out something. If Facebook shuts us everyone down, We'll still figure out a way to get the word out. God is in control. So we've got to let this stuff go. You know, it's easy to want to teach on eschatology and last day events because everybody's just so entrenched in that. And, and that's fine, and it's good, and it has its place. I'm not against that, but we can obsess too much on, on those kind of things. We just need to focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let his peace that surpasses all our understanding guard our hearts and minds. Let that peace fill us. Let that peace sustain us and keep our focus on the Lord. Now, I want you to look over here. I know we're ready to Colossians 3.8, but I want you to look over here at Colossians 4.6. Uh, real quick, please. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Okay? So, we have to be careful how we react and how we respond, particularly whether it's face-to-face, -face, whether it's online. Remember, you've got a lot of uh, keyboard warriors out there that think they're big, bad, and tough and run that mouth on social media, but if you got to them face-to-face, they'd probably curl up in a fetal position. I'll just be honest with you. 
You don't have to look any further than the local news on social media and some of the stupid stuff that's put on there. You don't know the times. I'm like, I'm like, I keep posting. I'm a preacher, so I have to take it off. All right. Because <laughs> so I'm like, darn it, people in the church are going to see that, so I take it off. You know. <laughs> so, so I just want to say, you stupid idiot, moron. How do you think like that? You know. It just it, it blows my mind how some of these people think. But as we're reading here, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. All right. In other words, like we read in Ephesians, to to speak the truth in love. All right, which is hard to do. It's difficult to do sometimes. And that goes right back to the hate speech thing. See, that's why uh, social media is wanting to shut conservatives down. That's why they want to shut down Christians. Because they're, they're, it's coming more and more that what we believe, our convictions as Christians, is coming more and more as hate speech. There's a lot of countries where if you say homosexuality is wrong, that's considered hate speech. If you say that Christianity is the only way to heaven, that's considered hate speech. And we're seeing that more and more being closed in upon us. Particularly, just like I was reading this morning, that one of the, one of the first things that Biden's going to do is uh, reverse uh, one of the Trump's action is to uh, allow uh, men who identify as women to play in female sports, to go back in the locker rooms, uh, and, and uh, it's just it's nauseating. So if a man identifies as a woman, his wife has to call him a female, his kids have call him a female, he can rape somebody and be sent to a female prison. I mean, that's just how it's insane, insane that it's become. You know, we know that God's Word tells us. You know, in fact, there's even been doctors who have been fired because uh, their convictions as Christians have told them that it is static. You're either born a man or you're born a woman. I mean, there's no, no in-between. And if you have somebody out there who is fighting those inclinations, then, you know, we need to speak that truth in love as kindly as we can as Christians, explaining and showing them the light. See, that's one bad thing. A lot of Christians have been, are considered hate-filled. We considered hate speech, and you know, and I've caught myself with this before. We're mad at, at an agenda. We're mad at something that's being pushed as a whole, but we forget about those personally that are seeing this and are responding. And we need to make sure that hey, whether you're gay, transgender, cisgender, non-binary, I don't know all that stuff, that they are welcomed here in the church because them or any other sinner gay or straight are welcomed in the church they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ they only Christ can change we can't change these people we can't change I don't care like I said if it's gay or straight no matter what you're dealing with if you don't use Christ your Lord and Savior we cannot force them to, to change it's only Jesus Christ who can redeem only Jesus Christ that can sanctify Glorify. It's Jesus Christ alone that can make those changes in these people's lives. All we can do is point them in the right direction. But see, so many Christians, and under the, uh, the, under the guise of Christianity, a lot of bad, evil things have gone on, you know, because they, were, they claimed to be Christians, but they were doing bad things in the world, and so it gave Christians a, a bad name. And we have to be careful with our speech towards other people. Remember, we want to draw people to Jesus Christ. We don't want to repel them from it. That's why we need to choose our speech carefully. You know, but we're, we're in this world of, of, of everything is, you know, the cancel culture. Everything that's said is, is, if it's deemed offensive, then it has to be canceled. You know, it gets on my nerves. You can't say or do nothing uh, because, they, you know, some little snowflake starts melting and, oh, you, you call me a name, you know, and I, it, it gets old. You know, it really does. You know, it, it's just like... Um, 
of the dystopian uh, book, George Orwell's 1984, uh, in uh, Heresy of Heresies, you know, the protagonist in that uh, was talking about, um, you know, if, he, if, his, if the truth was 2 plus 2 equals 4, well, then that, uh, because that goes against the cultural standards, of course, I'm paraphrasing here, goes against the cultural standards, then that truth has to be snuffed out and cannot be spoken, and therefore he must be banned. So we're, you know, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people refer back to George Orwell's book, but, you know, you can't help but notice uh, the, the, the comparison between what he wrote in 1984 and then what we were seeing here today. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's really spooky. And that's why it's just it. They, you know, despite what, you know, just like he's talking about in that book, despite what your eyes and ears tell you, you're to believe this. That's what his book was talking about. And that's what we're seeing today. Ignore what you see and hear, but here's what you're going to believe and do. You know, it's, it's, it's absolute insanity. And that's one thing they was talking about uh, as well. A lot of these kids are confused. Uh, and if you notice, they said there's been an upswing in young ladies uh, becoming... Uh, lesbian but they they said if you notice they've been doing it in groups it's almost like a social thing it's not a mental or emotional but it's like a social thing so they can get some sort of attention or recognition and that's what's sad you know that a lot of these kids are being brainwashed and duped into this lifestyle and as christians we need to make sure even though we're angry and we have every right to be angry because it goes against those things of jesus christ whether it's homosexuality abortion or whatever it may be we're we're mad at a whole uh, uh but we need to make sure that what we're putting out there is showing jesus christ to those who may be reading that, who are confused, who are hurting, who need to hear Jesus. We need to be very, very careful about that. You know, and, and again, it goes back to controlling that anger and that temper. I want you to look over here at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Matthew 5, verse 14. It says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Don't forget that. Do not forget your place as Christians, as being a light in the world. We are a light in that world of darkness. If we're acting just like everybody else in the world, what is the distinction? What is the difference? What is the draw to want to come know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? We have to, you know, I know that one of the things that, uh, like my dad talked about stuff, you, you, you don't want to pray for patience because you will be tested. Right? You don't want to pray, you know, but we've got to have that kind of patience with the world, showing Jesus Christ, you know, and and that's exactly the very things that Christ has shown us. Um, you know, there was a lot of um, uh, I was trying to think here. There was something else I wanted to read real quick. Um, I think it was hold on here. I think it's First Corinthians. Give me one second here. I've got a lot of stuff written down here, so I can't remember if this is the verse or not. Um, hold on. Give me one second here. thinking of It's probably still applied, though. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinking, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, 
charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether it be knowledge, they shall vanish away. So, you know, that's why we need to, um, in looking at that, you know, we need to understand that we need to show that, that kind of patience and that kind of love and that kind of understanding to an unbelieving world. Remember, we, we are dealing with the unchurched. We're dealing with the unsaved. And we need to show that light of Christ, even though we're angry. And we have every right to be angry because the stuff that people are putting out there against God, against Christians, against conservatives, we have that right to be angry. But we, if you are a child of God, you need to be showing that change of heart, that change of mind, putting off the old man, putting off the new man, showing that new creation in Christ Jesus. And whether it's dealing with a your spouse on a daily basis. For the most part, we get along good. You know, I'm, I'm making jokes about his fight and arguing just to get you all to laugh a little bit. But, um, uh, you know, we have our moments like any couple. You know, you're going to fight. That's why I tell every when I do marital counseling, you're going to fight. If you don't, you're living like brother or sister said a husband and wife. You're going to have those moments. And you, it's, it's inevitable. You know, you've got two different worlds put together living in the same household. You know, there's times I look at her and I think, you must have been raised by wolves. And she looks at me and says the same thing, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, it is, uh, it's hard because you've got two different mindsets trying to coexist in the same home. It's going to happen. But we've got to make sure that we, uh, we don't compromise with the world. You know, there's a lot of Christians out there. They try to uh, rationalize what's going on. They try to keep on keeping on, if you will. They just think they just keep doing the same old thing. Nothing's going to change. Or, or if they, they try to run and hide or they uh, uh, or show anger uh, you know we have to be careful how we do these things uh, and sadly a lot of churches a lot of pastors do compromise with the world compromise with sin because they think if they do that then they can satisfy those in the world and it's not going to happen those who are in the world are at enmity with things of God and you know it, it, you know, you can look at um, uh, in uh, Chronicles that Jehoshaphat and how he was a, a good man of God but then King Ahab comes along, and he was, he was an evil snake. And he conned King Ahab into doing some, uh, uh, to, to, to compromise uh, his practices and uh, his belief in God uh, to do what he wanted him to do. He got his, uh, Joseph's son to marry his uh, daughter, and uh, uh, he tricked him in every way possible. And it cost him dearly. In fact, in, uh, his, uh, his, his sons and grandchildren ended up being slaughtered. And that's how the devil works. All right, we as Christians have to stand our ground. We have to stand against those things, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, and we have to make that stand. You know, we the devil doesn't play fair. You know, as as like a lot of young ladies out there, that uh, uh, they say, well, this you know, it, nobody wants to say, hey, do you want to marry a pagan, drunk, abusive individual? But there's a lot of young ladies out there who say, well, he's kind and he's handsome and he's wonderful, but he don't know Jesus. But he'll go to church with me. Well, not times of ten, it's going to end up in disaster. I just tell you right now. You know, but if you're married to somebody that's an unbeliever, then you need to remain married and try to uh, talk to him about the Lord. But, you know, the devil doesn't play fair. He makes things look good on the surface, but he entraps you uh, before you realize it, just like Ahab and Jehoshaphat. And that's why we cannot compromise with the world. We have to be as wise as serpents, harmless as doves, and be careful where we're at uh, in, our, in our reactions to the things of the world. We cannot compromise on sin. We cannot compromise on sin, uh, whether it's being pushed as an agenda. We can't compromise on sin within our own personal lives. We have to stand true to the things of God. Abhor, loathe, hate those things that are evil. 
But at the same time, we have to watch our tempers. We have to watch our anger, and we have to do those things that are pleasing unto the Lord. It's not easy. It is hard. That's why it's called a battle. That's why it's, it's called a struggle. That's why the Christian walk is hard. That's why broad is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. It is difficult, but the reward in the end is out of this world. So we need to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. We've got to put away this anger, this malice. It's not going to do you any good. It's like Brandy's talking about the other day. I was uh, just losing it uh, driving the other day because nothing, I tell you, I'm sorry, guys, but nothing makes me more angry than when a light turns a glimmer of yellow. Why? It is yellow. It is not red. If, we, if that was if what you were supposed to do, we would do without the yellow light and just have just green and red. There would be no point in having a yellow light. That makes me angry. I'm like, what is wrong with you? It is yellow. Yeah, it, it means to, to prepare to stop. It doesn't say stop. Prepare to stop. And it nothing makes me so angry as thinking I could have got a, a semi through that lot, but now they had to sit and hold the slam on the brakes. And, uh, and I was hollering, and Brady said, if you don't quit, you're going to get shot. And she said, if they don't shoot you, they might shoot me. <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. My point is, people are crazy right now, all right? And they, and they are... They will shoot you, all right? That's the problem. And, uh, in fact, there's been a lot of cases on the news recently of that kind of thing happening. I know I was joking around a little bit, but it's just the fact that we need to be serious about that, and we need to cool it. That's one thing Dad always told me when I was acting out. You need to cool it. You straighten up. You need to cool it. That's what I'm telling you people. I'm telling you Christians, your brothers and sisters of Christ, cool it. Straighten up and act like somebody. Remember, you're children of God. Don't forget your place and get caught up in the affairs of the world. Remember, we are of the world, all right? We are in the world, but not of the world, all right? There's a distinction that we should be. We're passing through. We're not sitting our home here. We are, that's one thing we've been studying in First Peter, that we are exiles. We are sojourners in this world. So we get wrapped up in the things. Remember, no matter what happens in this world, they cannot take our rights as Christians that God has given us. Nobody can take it from you. It don't matter if they torture you, imprison you, or kill you. They cannot take away what God has given you. So rejoice in that. Rejoice that you are a child of God. Remember who you are as a child of God and represent as ambassadors of Christ Jesus in every aspect of your life. If you'll stand, we'll have a word of prayer. And while I'm praying, uh, Mrs. Brown will be kind of to uh, play the invitation. And uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, please uh, come forward and uh, talk with me. And, uh, or if you have any concerns, feel free to come forward and talk to me. Pray, didn't I? <laughs> I was like, "Why's everybody waiting on?" Uh, <laughs> let me pray, <laughs> dearly Father, Lord. We just thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, uh, Lord. Uh, just pray that you'll be with us this day, Lord. Help us to control our tempers, that our joy be full and complete. Let her keep her eyes on you, and Lord, if you're listening or watching this morning that doesn't know you, let her pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me.
come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. y'all coming this morning. I know Joe ran a lot with my wife this morning and uh, she always asked her, I said, you, you don't mind me teasing with you? She said, no. I know sometimes the women are like, I'd kill him if he talked to me like that. But uh, she knows, uh, she, she's giving me permission to uh, to tease and joke like that a little bit. But uh, but I do appreciate y'all coming this morning and like I say, uh, in these last days, we need to represent Jesus now more than ever. Just keep that in the forefront of your mind. Don't let your tempers get the best of you. So let us close in prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you again for allowing us to meet here this morning. Lord, I pray that you be with each and every person here. That you lead God, watch over, protect them, keep them safe and well till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a good day and a good week.